Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 60. Glad you could join us. Today, we are joined by a young man named Xavier who is full of advice on managing high school work compared to junior high. We were reminded of many things during this recording, one of which is the importance of taking time to recharge, or what we at Colby call embracing the fifth day. After this episode, be sure to listen to episode 36, linked below, which is specifically about the need to embrace the fifth day. Enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And I'm Jordan. As a product of homeschooling, I'm proud to teach Greek and Latin for Colby online and serve as the alumni and public relations director. We have a special episode today for the incoming freshmen at Colby Academy. We have with us one who's been there and done that. We have rising sophomore Xavier. Welcome to the Colby Cast, Xavier. Thanks for coming to visit with us. Hi. It's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to talking with you. We've got Dr. Almanzar with us as well. Sounds like you guys know each other from class, so this will be fun to hear you guys reminiscing and, and giving us your advice on how to make the most of the ninth grade year. Colby is well known for its very rich and robust and rigorous curriculum. The ninth grade year at Colby is, as with many freshman experiences, a big transition for many students. And so we're here today to help uh, smooth that transition a bit and get some firsthand experience and some suggestions for making that a great year and things to bear in mind as the year progresses. So Xavier, we'd love to get to know you a bit. What year of Colby are you going into this year? This, my 10th grade year will be my third year, but the first year when I was in eighth grade, I only had a few online courses and the rest was homeschool. Okay. Have you been homeschooled before that, before you came to Colby? Yeah, I was, I've been homeschooled all the way through since preschool and. Great. Okay. I would say that that's helpful if you're homeschooled before and then you come to Colby because it would probably be very different from being in a brick-and-mortar school. Mm-hmm. It's a change. There are some similarities in some ways. If people are coming from brick-and-mortar parochial schools, there are some parallels. But it's definitely different, something to get used to, especially going into high school. So outside of school, what are you interested in? What sorts of activities keep you busy? I like fishing and swim team, like competitive swimming. Mm, okay. Also, I like playing outside anything, really. Sure. I live in Michigan, so cold winters and snow is fun. Oh, goodness. Goodness, that does sound like fun. Lots to do outside. That's great. Yeah. And uh, probably a good change of scenery from your schoolwork. Yeah. And you guys know each other from Latin last year. That sounds like a fun class. I'm wondering how I can go back and take that. I'm, that sounds good. Yeah, it, it is a fun class. And um, I, I'm sad I just heard off air that uh, I'm not going to have Xavier in this next year. But hopefully he'll be able to pass Latin too. And we can meet up again in Latin 3. I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Besides Latin, what's your favorite class at Colby? <laughs> I like history. I think 8th grade history is a really good course. I don't know if anybody else teaches it, but Mrs. Hamilton is great for that year. What aspect of history was it in eighth grade? 
It's modern history, like from Middle Ages on to present. Okay. Do you have a particular era within that, a particular time period within that scope that you enjoyed? I like the World Wars. There's so much interesting things to learn about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially World War One. It seems like people don't know much about World War One. It just kind of gets overshadowed by World War Two and all the movies and everything that has been made about World War Two. So I think it's great. I didn't realize that that young in eighth grade you guys were were studying that. Was that one of your first online classes that you took? Yeah, that was in my first year of Colby. But I think in seventh grade, the history is pre-Middle Ages. So I think that the pre-Middle Ages kind of leads into the modern history if you do both seventh and eighth grade. That's a good series. Our kids have, been, our kids have enjoyed the, the series as well. And, and one of my sons is particularly interested in the World Wars as well. So that's a great connection there. So when you first, your first year at Colby, you did a mix of online classes and homeschool courses. How'd that go? It was good. I think it was a good transition from being all homeschooled to all online. Mm-hmm. Because if I think if I just went straight from homeschooled all together to online all, then I think that would have been very hard. But with online and homeschool in the same year, it was a good transition. Mm-hmm. Good. Do you remember, it's been a couple years now, so do you remember how you and your family decided which courses you would do online? I don't remember. I think I had history and literature. I think I had literature online because we thought that would have good discussion with it. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember why we chose to do history online. Had you studied Latin before last year or was that your first year? I did first form Latin homeschool in eighth grade, and I think that was helpful. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. It gives you, I think, all five declensions um, in the first form, or or it might be the first three, but either way, that's a big help going into it. But was there anything that you remember being surprised about in doing online classes? It was surprising how much the students get to talk on the microphone. I thought it would be more of just the teacher talking, but it's not like that. The students get to talk and there's discussions and things like that. Have you joined any of the clubs that Colby offers as well? Gotten to know students outside of class that way? I didn't do any last year, but I'm going to be signed up for a couple this year including the Latin club, which I think Dr. Elmanzar is in charge of. So that's exciting. Yeah, that's a pretty active group. It, they don't talk too much about Latin on <laughs> in that club. It's just they're all connected <laughs> through Latin class. But that's a, that's a really great group. It's even been active this summer, so I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's neat. Sounds like a fun fun to be a part of. For students who might want to join Latin Club, what do you guys do? Uh, so there are a few discussions. Um, there's there's actually 
a secret club that uh, nobody <laughs> knows about, which is more dedicated to, towards Latin itself, where students <laughs> write in Latin and talk in Latin. Okay. But that club is only available to those who've completed Latin 3. Hmm. So Latin 3 is kind of the milestone in our program. I mean, it's where you get a Latin name after you read Cicero's first oration against Catiline. Then all the students get Latin names, and that's their name throughout. And I'll give this little teaser as well. I'm not teaching AP this year, but in AP Latin, there's a list of immortal names, as we've called them. We've kept it since the very beginning. So students who've earned that Latin three name, then they go into AP. And if they complete AP, the course, they don't have to even take the official exam. But if they complete the course, then their name gets immortalized, which means no one else can use it. If they use it, though, they have to be the second, the third, whatever like that. So it's taken me, I don't know, five years till students finally were like, oh, I really want to be Aurelia, for example. And, and I'm like, well, that's on the list. So you're Aurelia Secunda or whatever. Oh, I love it. So there, there's some traditions like that that students start to discover as they go further in Latin. And in the club itself, the Sanctus Gallus Club, which they call it, some of them call it the Holy Chicken Club because <laughs> what it, it sounds like. But it's named after St. Gall, who was a, a missionary from Ireland, and he went into southern Germany and he founded St. Gall Monastery down there. And they were very interested in languages and in translating Latin texts well, no, really, really transcribing Latin texts, but learning Greek. And they got a hold of some Greek manuscripts, and they had this real project to learn Greek. They even had a copy of St. Paul's epistles in Greek and Latin, which is very ancient, and they were copying it there. They, they even made an inter interlinear version of it, where they had the entire Greek text, and then they put in the Latin text above it, um, as a help to try to try to learn how to read it. So mm -hmm. when I started the club years ago, when I was still in Germany, I was learning a lot about St. Gaul. I was, I was and I was studying some of these manuscripts at their library. And uh, so I named it St. Gaul with the idea that we would eventually have Greek at Colby, which we have. We don't have it every year, but we we had it last year. And um, there's, we could do it again in the future if there's enough interest. And so in that club, students just started joining it. It's kind of a social club. There's a lot of inside jokes. There's a lot of polls in there. There's a lot of little stories. My favorite discussion in that club is called the best quotes of Dr. A. So <laughs> it, it, it's an entire thing of just jokes and things that, I, that I've said. I don't even remember <laughs> a fraction of them saying them, but I, I think it's funny that the students pick up on on that. So, and then they share, they share things about, you know, their classes and how they're doing. So it's really, it's turned less into a, a club specifically for Latin. It's more the Latin students getting together and being able to have a place to discuss things. And it's from all grade levels and the whole scope of Colby. And I think it's great because they, they can talk about oh, you should take this class when you're a junior. It's been awesome. And, you know, it's just a way to connect now. That sounds great. I love all your sound bites. That's a fun catalog of them. That's great. 
But it sounds like a neat community as well. This is yet another example of, of forming that community online that we like to talk about here on the Colby cast. That sounds like a great place for it and fun, fun place to be. So yeah, the one, the one warning I would give Xavier is that uh, you get a lot of notifications. So sometimes <laughs> students are like, I have to leave this club. There's too many, <laughs> too many notifications. So that does happen. And I even had a, I had a, a parent reach out to me and, and have me remove her student because a son and a daughter because they were too distracted by the club. I mean, it is very <laughs> active. I'd say it's the most active of the clubs. Sounds like it. It's a fun group. Yeah. There are ways to turn to change your notification settings, though, right? I think so. I know there is on my side. I don't know. Do you know about that, Xavier? Can you do that? Well, you can change it so that when you get a notification in Schoology, it doesn't go to your email, but you can't turn it off. Like you always get them in Schoology, and there's no way to turn that off. So anyone who's listening, if you hear what we're talking about, so Schoology is a platform that looks much like Facebook, but it's made specifically internally for the students, and it's where they can do their assignments, see their assignments, they can upload their papers there, uh, take quizzes in Schoology, and then it's got this social component. Also, it's what houses the clubs that we're talking about. And a lot of um, brick and mortar schools use it. I know my niece and nephew, were, they had Schoology at their school. It's a nice platform. It's worked very well for us. And Schoology is sponsoring this episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish they were. But uh, I'm wondering, Xavier, did all of your teachers use it? I mean, is there any teacher that accepts emailed assignments and things like that? Or is it all Schoology-based? I think it's all Schoology-based. I think all the teachers are actually required to use it. I think if they started accepting email assignments, it would be very confusing for everybody. Keeps it consistent, yeah. And then you know where to find things. They're all right there, yep. We've talked a few times about the different tools, the uh, the platforms that Colby uses to accomplish, the, certainly the online academy, but also other areas of of the services Colby offers to families and, and getting materials to them. So we will link in our show notes some of those episodes where we've referred in more detail to these platforms that we're talking about, Schoology and the other things. So I'll be on the lookout for that. All right. So the freshman year at Colby can be a bit of a humdinger for many, one of my favorite words. So Xavier, we're interested in your perspective. So thinking back to your ninth grade year, what did your workload look like? And did you hit upon a way of managing it that worked for you? Well, I, I would say it's a lot more work in high school than it was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And one important thing about getting the homework done is you can't wait till the last minute. All the teachers will tell you this <laughs> and you need to listen because... Okay. If you don't, you'll have a lot to do all at once, and that's very hard. Yeah, that would be. It's also important to plan out your time so that you don't end up waiting till the last minute to do everything. Okay. So do you kind of work backward from the due date to do that, or how do you make that work? Well, it depends. For some things, like math homework, it just, you can get it done in about an hour and there's not much planning and working backwards involved. 
but for something like a paper or a presentation, it's helpful to plan out what you're going to do every day and work backwards so that you know how far ahead of time you need to start. I can see how it takes a, some differentiation, some distinguishing between how you're going to approach those assignments. That makes a lot of sense. Are you up for sharing any mistakes you made or triumphs that you celebrated your freshman year? In eighth grade, the papers are only one, they're one paragraph essay type things. But then in ninth grade, there's a big jump and they turn into five paragraph papers. And I did not realize that the papers would be so hard in ninth grade. And so one mistake that I made was waiting because I thought they would be easy, like the one paragraph papers from eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And that made it a lot harder Mm -hmm. by waiting. But once you're used to writing a five-paragraph paper, they're not that bad. Okay. That's helpful. It's reassuring. Letting students know who are just getting used to the five-paragraph essay idea coming from the shorter essays that it it takes a bit of practice, but you're going to get a lot of practice in the ninth grade year. And pretty soon it'll be just what you do, right? Yeah, when we talk to Colby students, and I know from teaching them, it always seems like at a very young age, they're already thinking about the future. They're thinking about what they might want to go into as a career, but then also like college majors. And I didn't think about it at all. When I went to college, I changed my major, I don't know how many times, Mm -hmm. which cost me a, a year to get my bachelor's. But have you been thinking about that? And if so, what what do you think you might like to go into? I haven't thought about it too much, but I've been thinking about becoming a priest and going to the seminary. I've been praying about that. But other than that, I haven't thought about a college or a major or anything. That's great that you're already discerning that. That's really neat, your openness to that. So Xavier, was there a particular triumph that you celebrated from freshman year or more than one? I think one triumph was doing well on all the first quarter exams. Yeah. Because the first quarter exams in high school are stressful because you don't know what to expect. You don't know what, you don't know how it's going to be. For sure. And so doing well on those is very reassuring for the rest of the year. Certainly, that certainly makes a lot of sense of that first quarter when everything is new and you've not been through those exams that first time, that's definitely worth celebrating. Great. So do you have any suggestions for the incoming freshmen? Any time management suggestions or other things you want to pass along to the to the rising ninth graders who are listening? One time management thing I would say is this is actually in the orientation, but use a planner. Okay. Because Schoology does have a sort of calendar built into it, but it can't show more than like Mm -hmm. 15 assignments at once. So if you don't write it down, you'll miss things. Oh, good point. And and also the assignments don't show up right away in Schoology, right? Sometimes they're posted later. So do you guys recommend they write down the assignments in class? You give them at the end, right? Yeah, they should. I... You know, there's times I'll teach early in the, like nine o'clock in the morning and I can't post the assignment till the evening. Mm-hmm. And I think the policy is a 24 hour 
something like that. So yeah, writing it down as it's happening is much better, I think, for the students. Yeah, I can easily see myself <laughs> losing track of something that way if I didn't write it down right away. That's a good, a very good suggestion, Xavier. I was a little bit shocked because I'd been teaching online for all these years, only online. And um, last year, teaching live at college, uh, I was surprised when I put the assignment on the board, everyone took pictures of it on their phones. Oh, yeah. I hadn't seen that because when I was in college, you didn't have a phone that could take a picture, right. you know. And so and that's that's how they, they just take a picture and look at it a bit later. And, uh, hmm. So you'll find out, Xavier, when you come to Magdalene and, and study history before going to uh, seminary. <laughs> <laughs> that's settled then that's good <laughs> hold on something just registered with what you just said you wrote it on the board that sounds very interesting as a, <laughs> it's yeah. like on it, the level of it, making a telephone call <laughs> write oh, it down man. writing writing on a chalkboard or a whiteboard and and i've had students here that that had me as a colby teacher and it's it's funny because my handwriting is the word i i think i could win a competition for the worst handwriting <laughs> i mean it's it's embarrassing and um it's, it's horrible but uh i always warn them that that that's going to happen. In fact, this year, I'm just going to get it out of the way and I'm going to handwrite my syllabuses, my syllabi, (laughs) kind of as a joke and pass those out and then get the real one afterwards. So they just know, you know, don't expect much at all from the notes on the board. Let's offer a prize for those who can decipher it. (laughs) Yeah, right. There you go. That makes me think, though, Xavier, thinking back to last year, there's a lot of note-taking suggested and often required in the freshman classes. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. So in eighth grade, in history, you're required to submit all the notes from every class. Okay. And then in ninth grade, I think depending on the teacher and literature, you have to take notes from the books you read. And you have to submit those. Mm -hmm. And one important thing I would say about note-taking is you can't write everything down, but you do need to write the most important things. And one way to tell if it's important is if the teacher writes it down, there's a whiteboard type thing in Adobe Connect. If the teacher writes it on there, it's important. Mm -hmm. If they say it more than once, it's important. And also, just if they say it's important, you're going to want to write it down. Those are good suggestions. What did teachers do? Um, were there ways that, I mean, I know what I do in class, but what about other classes that you had? How do teachers make sure that students are engaged and listening? Sometimes they will call on you to answer a question. And if you don't answer, you lose participation points. But in math class, I know Mrs. Powers, she's a great teacher. On her PowerPoint slides, she puts a little picture of a Greek mathematician. And you have to put up your little smiley face symbol when you see that. And if you don't put your smiley face symbol up, then you'll lose points on that. Mm, That's clever. What do you do, Dr. Alansar? What are some of your ways? You give people names. Well, we have a, I have a, an engagement monitor that I can turn on, but it's not totally accurate. So it basically by the name of the student. So for those of you who are listening, we have what's called Adobe Connect. 
and it's just a platform where where we teach from and, and there's different features in there. And one of them is this engagement monitor that I can turn on and only I can see it. And it has uh, basically beside the name of each student, a, a color. It's either uh, red if they're away and then it's orange or it's green. Okay. Green means they're engaged, but it's not completely accurate because um, there's times where I'll see one that's red and I'll call on that student. And they're right there. And, and I'm like, well, you're, you're, I'll even take a screenshot and sometimes show them, well, it was red. And they're like, I don't know why I was, I was here the whole time. So it's not completely accurate. And beyond that, I just try to see how many LOLs and XDs I can get in the chat box <laughs> as we're going. And that lets me know kind of who's, who's engaged and, and who's not. I don't typically do um, participation points for each class, I'm, I'm not as organized as a lot of teachers are, but I, I just have a feel for it at the end of the semester. When I have to enter in the grades, I'm like, well, Xavier was there the whole time. He was LOLing and XDing and participating in the poll, answering <laughs> questions, all of that. So I just try to get a really good feel for, for each of my classes and get to know the students and how they act during the, the course of the semester. Gotcha. So what do you guys think for students who are new to the online classroom or who are um, temperamentally less outgoing or less comfortable speaking up in class who maybe aren't used to that or a bit hesitant to, how do you sort of get everybody comfortable participating in class? And what would you say to those who are uh, reticent to joining the conversation? Yeah, I guess, Xavier, maybe you can talk about that from the student side. What would you say if, if a student is a little bit shy? Is there some advice you might give them? Well, I started kind of shy. I didn't like talking in class too much. But it helps if you just start. You need to overcome that and just do it a few times. And it won't be so hard anymore. And... In some classes, you have to give a presentation, and that helps because it makes you talk. And once you do a presentation or speak on the microphone a few times, then it kind of just comes more easily and more naturally, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I, I think from the teacher side of things, and I, I know a lot of the other teachers do this as well, but one of my main things is I want all the students to feel comfortable. So I never, I do a lot of polls where only I can see the answers or they're, they're anonymous. I mean, if the students see them, they don't know whose answer was what. Yeah. And I don't like to call out those who might be the only one making a mistake. Um, so I think the students get to trust me that I'm not going to put them on the spot if they're really uncomfortable even. So the classes just fly by. And so I, I sort of cater to those who are more outgoing and all of that as far as uh, praising them for what, for what they've done. And then I, I try to create an atmosphere where all the students feel like, hey, I could, I could do that also in this class. I'm not going to ever feel uncomfortable with those kind of things. Now, maybe other things, nicknames and jokes and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> as far as the actual coursework, I try to just make them feel like, you know, I can make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, especially with languages. So mm -hmm. just do it in a very comfortable way. You're safe with the old Dr. A. Wow, it's a good rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, that's going to go somewhere on your syllabus to decipher, right? Yeah, right. 
yeah. <laughs> um, from our family's experience with a variety of online classes now the past few years, I can see the teachers doing a number of different things to establish a, an atmosphere where students feel comfortable participating. And also they set up several different ways to participate. So it's not like everybody's talking all the time, but there are other ways that, that students are showing that they're participating, even if they're not on the mic all the time. So for whatever that's worth, it's another way of, of everybody working toward uh, building this community and this sense of camaraderie that uh, everybody's in it together. And, and certainly from the beginning of the school year, the emphasis is placed on and getting everyone settled that way and, and laying out some of these procedures, like here's how to do this, here's what we're looking for, our expectations are, but we're going to take you through it several times. Certainly with the paper writing, I know that is a procedure that's been explained to me a number of times from teachers that they take the students through what they're looking for a few times before they are expecting the students to just know what to do. And now you, for example, Xavier, here you are going into 10th grade and, and you have it down. And it's not something you have to think through all the minutiae every time right now, right? But you started somewhere and, and that's how it'll be for, for those who are coming into ninth grade this year. That's helpful. Do you have any other time management tips you want to throw out there? You covered it well. Another thing I would say is, so I'm in Eastern time. So classes start at nine for me. So I have time to get work done before classes start. So that's always helpful. Mm -hmm. But I know if you're on the other side of the country, that doesn't work because classes start at six, I think. Yeah. Maybe even in Alaska, I think they start at five. So, mm -hmm. but if you have time, just you just get work done whenever you have time. Yeah probably come to identify windows of opportunity when you can be getting some work done. And for a lot of people in the morning time is they're better, they're fresher at that time in the morning, as long as they're not waiting to the last minute. Like you said, that can be kind of a dicey prospect when you leave it till the last second, I, which will happen. To, it happens to everyone, doesn't it? But <laughs> not making a habit of it is the important thing. You also mentioned something to me before we started recording that I think is very important to highlight to students. And this is taking notice of each teacher's particular directions. Tell us about that. Well, each teacher at the beginning of the year, that could be in the welcome week video or in the first day of class, they'll give you hints and tips to help you succeed in that particular course. And those mm -hmm. tips, you, if you follow those, it'll make the course a lot easier. Yeah. And one thing I remember Dr. Almanzar said on the first day of class is this kind of goes back to what he said about everybody feeling comfortable. As he said, you're going to make mistakes, but you can't let the mistakes bother you and you need to just work to fix it instead of letting them bother you because it's very easy to make mistakes when you're learning a language. But he said you need to not let those bother you. And I think that was a very mm -hmm. helpful tip for the whole year. I start somewhere. That's why you're in the class in the first place is to learn it. <laughs> if you had it down all the all the way, you wouldn't need to take the class. And I think it, you guys were talking about the importance of speaking up in class. That also speaks to formation in thinking, writing, and speaking. So the practice over and over of speaking in class and giving presentations is very intentional so that students arrive, uh, not arrive, it's never a destination, but they develop that ability to speak and think on their feet. That's one of the main goals. I think what's great, I mean, in hearing 
you know, when I was in high school, I'd, we'd, I didn't do any of this stuff that mm-hmm. the students are doing at Colby. And I think that they become super prepared for college. That's what I always hear about Colby students from various admissions directors. They just sort of trust, oh, it's a Colby student with this GPA or whatever. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with the fact that they know that they can manage their time. They know that they've been challenged rigorously throughout high school. And I think it's a great college prep. The whole experience of high school at Colby, that's that's basically what it is. Some things are more difficult at Colby than maybe a, a freshman year or sophomore year in college. So you know, when you feel like you're, you might be overwhelmed when students feel like, oh, this is so challenging, this is so tough, if they can remember that, like overcoming and getting these challenges out of the way. I, mean, I was just talking to somebody, one of uh, my colleagues was asking me, how do you pronounce a couple different things, names mostly from, from classical literature? And I was remarking on how I didn't really read all the classical literature in English, so I don't know exactly how you say it in English. I say it like this, but the students, when they come on the microphones, they say it in the way that it's supposed to be pronounced in English because they've already read the Aeneid or whatever. And and so they can do it in either way, in, in Latin or the way you would say it in English. Oh, wow. So I, you know, that's a huge advantage for the, for them. And they always know all the mythology and everything so much better than I know it. So, yeah. and my excuse is, I, I just say, I hate, I hate the pagans, so I don't read it, you know, but <laughs> it's more of an excuse. I wish I would have had that whole background like they do. Mm-hmm. And it starts from an early age here at Colby. If you were to do it. Yeah. So students who have been through the Colby formation are going to be incredibly well prepared for what follows, whether it's college or, or whatever else. Yeah. So beyond schoolwork, what suggestions do you have for the incoming freshmen by way of outside school interests, hobbies, or spiritual life, family life, maybe they're working or doing other activities? What do you think there? Well, I would say it just helps to do something else other than school. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really matters what it is, as long as it gives you a chance to take a break from school, whether it be on the, on the in the evening, on the weekends, for holidays. It just helps mm-hmm. to have something else to do. Yep. For me, that would be on the weekends. Sometimes I go skiing, or on the evenings I do things with my family. Whatever mm-hmm. it would be. But it's just very important to do something else to give your mind a break from mm-hmm. learning all the time. Right. There's a lot to do, but it's it's important to take those breaks and, and do other things as well. And it'll, it will make your schoolwork come out better as well, won't it, if you're able to step away for a little bit and, and think about other things, do other things, be active. Yeah. One more thing I would say is... It's important to get good rest at night because if you don't, you won't be able to do anything well the next day. So Mm -hmm. even if you have a lot of work to do, it's important to go to sleep at a reasonable time instead of trying to get everything done because the work you do late at night won't be very good quality and then you'll also be tired the next day. That's a really important point. I'm glad you said that. 
So what are you looking forward to this year? I'm looking forward to most of my classes this year. Yeah. I think it'll be good to have different classes. And also I'm looking forward to meeting new people, seeing people from last year that I met, seeing them again. Mm-hmm. I think the teachers at Colby are really good, so I'm looking forward to having some new teachers that I think will be good. And I'm also looking forward to the year and whatever new things I'm going to learn. With an attitude like that, it's it's bound to be a good year. I wanted to mention a, a while back in the Colby Homeschooling Families Facebook group that is open to anyone to join who uses Colby in any way or is interested in Colby. There was a post a while back that I wanted to refer to a comment made by Mrs. Celeste Cuellar, who is one of our longtime Colby advisors and and one of the deans of students posted in response to a message. She gave some wise words that I have filed away and referred to many times about the ninth grade year. That's the Greek year. And then the 10th grade year is Roman year. So if you're doing it that way, she pointed out that using these courses is challenging and that the curriculum is is written at a high level because it's able to be used by all students, ninth through 12th in any grade. It's challenging for the freshmen, but it doesn't get more difficult from there. So you can, especially if you're doing it homeschool and not online, you can customize the workload. You can lessen it or adapt it a little bit, certainly as people get used to the way of doing things. And as students mature and grow older, it gets easier um, accomplishing the work. So that's something important to remember. As we've made reference to many times, consulting your family's advisor for help accomplishing this customization is is our first suggestion if you're contemplating this, if your students are not in the online courses, if you're doing on the homeschool side, consult with your advisor about how to adapt or make modifications and also the other options that exist for students outside of the Greek year and the Roman years. So hopefully that is reassuring to people as they get going in their ninth grade year, they approach those first midterms and finals. It's intense, but it's worth it. Everybody, you can do this. And know that there's a lot of support available to your families in a number of ways. As we've talked about, it affects the whole family and it is a big year. It's a big change. So knowing that going in helps, I think, reduce some of the stress of it. It, There's a lot to learn. It's a steep learning curve, but it's not impossible. It can be done. And there are going to be a lot of benefits that come out of it. So we sure appreciate your perspective, Xavier, and all you've shared with us today. I know your fellow students will appreciate hearing from you on this and and refer back to this as they go through their freshman year and as their siblings come up and, and approach their own. We look forward to hearing from families as to how the freshman year is going for everybody. So please feel free to drop us a line at podcast at colby.org. Uh, reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram. Colby class groups are a good place for enrolled families to support each other going through the school year. So enrolled families can avail themselves of that source of support as well. Xavier, thanks so much for coming to visit with us today. We hope to talk to you again as you go through your years at Colby and keep track of you. Thank you. I had fun doing this. Thank you. It was good seeing you. Even though I'm not going to be able to have you in my class, it's nice to touch base like this after these months. So I really appreciate you. Colby pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam. 